0: You're listening to the Revolution Church Podcast. To learn more, including our gathering times in Crossville, Tennessee, visit us at CrossvilleRevolution.com. If you don't know me, um, uh, my name is donovan i 'm the young adults pastor uh, here at revolution Church and I am so honored i 'm so privileged to have the opportunity to get to speak to you guys and share god 's word uh, with you guys tonight or today sorry i 'm so used to preaching on monday nights I always say tonight but today uh, this morning um, but'm I'm so'm I'm just so i'm just so honored um, and before I get started or anything I just you know I just want to say thank you to our lead pastor our amazing awesome lead pastor Pastor Josh. Um, you know, it's, it's just such an opportunity, such an awesome privilege, and I'm just so grateful uh, for him and all the just the mentor that he's been in my life. Um, but I was told um, that if I was going to preach on a Sunday, I had to tell some dad jokes. So, does anybody want to hear some dad jokes? Anybody? Okay, okay, all right, all right. Now these are funny. Okay, just let me let me preface this. These are funny. Okay, it's okay to laugh. Okay. Um, so, uh, I don't know if you know Ava, but Ava is my wife and she is awesome. She's the better half of me. Um, I love her so much. Uh, but we got into an argument the other day um, because apparently I have like a bad sense of direction uh, and I got so mad, I packed up my stuff and write. Here it is. Okay. All right. You guys want another one? Okay. All right. So... So I was talking to my mom the other day, and she'd asked me if I'd seen the dog bowl. I said, no, I didn't even know the dog could bowl. Okay, okay. Thanks, Gabby. Thanks, Gabby. All right, all right. Here's my last one. Do you guys want to hear it? Okay, okay, all right. So uh, I actually got this one from a really good friend of mine. Um, I have a cat named Mitten. Well, one uh, one day, Mitten ate my shuttlecock. I said badminton. <laughs> okay, there it is. All right. Hey, I'm, so, I'm so excited. Uh, I'm so excited uh, to get to talk to you guys tonight, to, this, today, this morning. Sorry, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say tonight all the time. I'm sorry. Um, but I do want to forewarn you guys a little bit about me. And if you're a young adult and you come on Monday nights, you, you know these things. But, if you, but you, a lot of you guys probably don't, you know. So here's, here's my warning. Number one, uh, I get excited really easy. Um, and really fast. And what happens is I start talking faster. Like the more excited I get, the faster I start talking. Um, and then all of a sudden I sound like like we're at an auction or something, you know. So um, if you like, if you don't understand anything that I say because I'm talking too fast, uh, when you go home, just put the live stream on 0.5 times speed, and I will be talking crystal clear. I promise. Uh, the second thing is I have a speech impediment, um, and I will mispronounce words. And if I don't, it's a miracle from God, guys. Uh, but don't worry. I'll let you know when I mispronounce words. Even if you don't hear it, you'll know that I did. And we'll have a good laugh about it. Uh, Number three, uh, I make a lot of jokes that I think are funny. And they are funny, okay? They are funny. Um, And if you don't think they're funny, that's just because you have a bad sense of humor, okay? Um, But I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean. Uh, And number four, here's the fourth thing. I do want to forewarn you. Uh, I have nothing to offer you. Um, I have nothing. Uh, I am a broken mess. I'm just a human. I'm just a guy that screws up every single day of, of every single week. Um, so I have nothing to author, offer you, um, but I know that Jesus does. Um, so I uh, I just hope that it's God that speaks through me and not me talking, because if it's just me talking, it's a bunch of nonsense coming out of my mouth, okay? Um, but just in case you weren't here last week, uh, let me give you guys like some quick info on this guy named Herod. Uh, now, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's like, um, just a Crossville thing uh, because I've, I've been in Crossville my entire life, born and raised uh, 19 years, almost 20 years, Crossville, Tennessee, right? Uh, maybe this is like an all of Tennessee thing. Maybe it's uh, all of the United States thing. I don't know. Um, but what I've learned that is in Crossville, there's like this unspoken rule that when you have a son, not a daughter, just a son, okay, but when you have a son, it's like this rule that you have to name that son dad name Junior, okay? And I know a lot of juniors, okay? There's a lot of juniors um, probably in this room. Um, and if you're a junior, that's awesome. But it's like, it's like a crossbow rule, I feel like. Um, and I don't know what it is. Maybe, you know, maybe it's just like because it's the popular thing to do and it's the cool thing to do. Uh, maybe, maybe when you're a dad, you think that you have the coolest name in the entire world. I don't know. Um, so you just say blank junior. Uh, maybe it's just that the dad, maybe it's just the moments when the dad gets to pick the name and not the mom. Um, I don't know. But I have this friend um, and his name is PJ. And I asked his mom if I could tell the story because I didn't know if I'd be allowed to, but she said yes. Um, his name is PJ, and, and his real name is Patrick Lee Barnes Jr. Um, and PJ, though, PJ wasn't supposed to be a Patrick uh, he wasn't supposed to be a junior, and from the story that I was told and the story I've heard is that PJ's mom was not awake uh, when PJ uh, got his name, when he got his official name. Um, so here's, here's what happened, at least here's my version of what happened, okay? Uh, the doctors or whoever does all the legal naming stuff, I don't know, okay? I haven't had a kid yet, but whoever does all the legal naming stuff, um, I think it would be doctors, right? You know, nurses, I don't know. But they went to the dad um, who had the name Patrick. Um, and they'd ask him, what do you want to name your beautiful son? And instead of saying Paxton like it was supposed to be, it's supposed to be Paxton, instead of that, the dad, who was named Patrick, said the most creative name I've ever heard in my entire life with what I can imagine is a devious grin on his face. And if you know Patrick, um, you, would, you would probably agree. But he said Patrick. Um, so Patrick, uh, Patrick Jr. is PJ's legal name. Um, and if if you named your kid Junior, you're named Junior, um, or you are a Junior, that's okay. That's awesome. That's cool. Um, I actually think that PJ actually wants to name his future son when he has one, uh, Patrick Lee Barnes III, and the nickname him Trace. Um, so uh, I think that's pretty cool. That's cool. You know, whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if his future wife's going to be okay with that. Uh, but you know, we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. Um, well, that's kind of the same thing here um, with this guy named Herod. Um, So Herod, um, you've probably heard that name before if you've read the Bible. Uh, We know that there's a Herod in the Christmas story um, that issued, like, a law to have all babies killed when Jesus was born because he wanted to have Jesus killed. Uh, Well, this was Herod the Great. He was very humble, as you can tell. He named himself Herod the Great. That's a very humble thing to do. Um, Well, he has a son, and he pulls the Crossville special and says, Ah, Herod Jr. Um, so Herod Jr., um, also known as Herod Antipas, uh, this was the Herod who had John the Baptist beheaded, had him killed, he was sent. Um, Jesus was sent to him uh, during the trials and eventual crucifixion. Um, but Herod that we read today, the Herod that we're going to read today um, this morning, um, this is not that Herod. This is uh, a different Herod. Um, see, Herod Antipas had a son, and I guess he wanted to pull uh, the same thing that PJ wants to do, you know, and, and follow his dad and his dad's footsteps and name him Herod Junior, Junior, or Herod the Third, um, also known as Herod Agrippa. Uh, so, just in case you didn't know, this is the grandson of the Herod that tried to have Jesus killed as a baby. So, here's what's happened, right? Last week. Uh, It was all about how King Herod had James killed, um, and he had Peter arrested, and then Peter was able to get out of prison by an incredible work of God, by God doing incredible things that only God can do. Um, So we pick up right after that, when Herod, he's decided that he's going to leave Judea for a little bit, and he's going to go away. He's going to kind of go back on a little vacation, you know, hit the beach up, you know, all that fun stuff. And he's going to go to this place called Caesarea, and that's where our verses start today. So I just want to jump right in to Acts chapter 12, verses 20 uh, through 21, where it says, now Herod was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, so they sent a delegation to make peace with him because their cities were dependent upon Herod's country for food. The delegates won the support of Blastus, Herod's personal assistant, and an appointment with Herod was granted when the day arrived. Herod put on his royal robes, sat on his throne, and made a speech to them. So Herod, he's on, he's on his little vacation, right? And every, I don't know if you've ever been on a vacation and someone just like right off the bat says something to you or texts you and they completely ruin it. I don't know that that's happened, but that's kind of what's happened for Herod. He gets mad. He gets mad at these people from this town called Tyre and this town called Sidon. I don't know why you would name a town Tyre, but you know, you do you, you know, whatever. Um, well, Tyre, they were desperate. These two towns, they were desperate for Herod and his country um, of Judea, they were desperate for their food. They depended on Herod and his food supply. Uh, well, because they were desperate, they sent a group of delegates. Uh, so pretty much, they sent you know some people to go and try to get like on his good side, to go try and make him happy, and try to appeal to him to get uh, food and get the food that they needed provided to them so they could survive. Uh, So they went there to make peace with Herod, but they had to, at first they had to talk to this guy named Blastus. Uh, Blastus was the personal assistant of Herod. Uh, So pretty much anyone that wanted to speak to Herod, uh, they had to go through Blastus. Now, there are some cool names in the Bible, okay? There's some pretty cool names. And then there are some names that are like, why why is that name even? That's not even a name. That's just random letters put together. But uh, Blastus is one of those names that's just kind of cool, okay? Um, This is going to bring out uh, the nerd of me um, back from when I was in fourth grade. But when I think of the name Blastus, I think, of this awesome thing I used to collect. Uh, they were called Pokemon trading cards. Okay. And you know, it's really, it's a really sad story that we don't have time to get into how I don't have Pokemon cards anymore. Um, whoever stole it, I hope, I hope that you repent. Um, but uh, I, uh, my favorite Pokemon was this Pokemon named Squirtle. Um, it was one of the starter Pokemon. You got to pick between Charmander, Bulbasaur and Squirtle. And if you pick Bulbasaur, get out of here. Okay. Who picks Bulbasaur? Uh, but I loved Squirtle. Um, And if you got Squirtle to level 36, um, it, it transformed into this really cool Pokemon called Blastoise. And Blastoise, I wish I had a picture for you guys, Blastoise is this really cool Pokemon. It's a giant turtle, a giant turtle, like 10 feet tall turtle, with tank cannons coming out of its back. So when I think of the name Blastus, I'm thinking about these people going to Blastus. All I can think about is them talking to this giant blue turtle uh, with cannons in its back. And I hope that you do too, um, because that's, that's in the Bible. You know, it says that Blastus is Blastoise the Pokemon. It says that. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but... Uh, But I hope that you see that too, because it helps me really remember uh, the story. Um, Just a big turtle walking around. Uh, But they had to get through Blastus to speak to Herod. But luckily for them, they got his approval, they got his support. And because of that, they got to talk to the king. So Herod, he puts on his royal robes, um, and he sits on the throne ready to give them a speech, which is kind of a big deal. Um, the scripture points out that he puts on his royal robes. Herod was dressing to impress. He was dressing to make these people realize, oh crap, this guy's royalty. This guy's the real deal. This guy's, you know, the top of the line. This guy's awesome. Um, and that's what he's trying to do. Well, verse 22 says, the people gave him a great ovation shouting, it's the voice of a God, not of a man. Uh, so these people, after hearing Herod speak, give his little speech thing, they begin to praise him. They begin to call him God because of the speech that he gave. Um, In this moment, um, Herod, he became the delegates God. He became these people's God, not just a king, but a God um, that they worshiped. And I don't know what he must have said, but it must have been pretty great for them. It must have been pretty awesome for them to be willing to worship him like a God. But that got me thinking, how often do we allow things to become gods in our life just because they benefit us in the moment? Like, how often do we forget about God and give our worship to something else just because it helps us out or just because it benefits us or just because it makes us excited or just because it entertains us? Um, and I would say if we're not careful, how easy is it to start worshiping something like, I don't know, sports, uh, you know? Like, imagine this. And you're going to have to really imagine because it's never going to happen again, you know. It feels like 98. Uh, but um, imagine if the Vols football team started winning games for once. Just imagine. All right, I know, I know, I know it's hard to believe. Maybe one day, Um, but uh, just try to imagine um, it would be really easy to start kind of worshiping them if they actually started winning football games, if they started doing good. Like, we already talk about them enough when they're losing, you know? So, it would be really easy to praise them if they started winning games. Um, Probably easier than it is for us to praise God. I don't know. Um, I love football, and I think as the Vols started winning games, I'm not a Vols fan, so I can't relate. But you know, if my it's a team that I liked, you know, started winning games, it'd probably be pretty easy for me to talk about them every single day. Um, and I, I got to start thinking: How often do we talk about Jesus? Do we talk about Jesus every single day? Uh, because I don't know if I do. You know, I don't know if there's a. Day, I'm sure I miss days where I talk don't talk about Jesus. You know. Um, you know, and then we'd probably start talking about the vols at church more than we talked about Jesus at church. You know, um, so it it can become a god in our lives. Um, how easy is it for politics to become a god in our lives? Like, how easy is it to get so focused and to get so caught up on a politician um, that it becomes our god? That that person becomes. God, like how easy is it for us to pick someone and to support a politician and all this, all of a sudden every single word that comes out of their mouth, even if it's absolutely ridiculous and stupid, is just like, that is the voice of an angel. That, that's God. Like how easy is it? Like, you know, you know, it's like we don't think about it, but how easy is it for us to become so focused on a politician that we completely forget about Jesus and what the Bible says? Um, even things like our phones, even things like our cell phones or our smartphones, they can become a God in our life if we're not careful. The media uh, we watch because it entertains us. I mean, it's easy to let something become a God in our life because it benefits us in the moment. Um, if I'm being honest with you, that's probably the one I struggle with the most is my phone. Um, my average screen time, um, and you can check your screen time. I don't know if you can do it on Androids. Probably not, because Androids are like, eh, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I have an iPhone, okay, because iPhone's the way to go. If you don't have an iPhone, if you're, if you're still clinging on to Android, it's time to let go, okay? Switch over. It's not too late. Convert. Um, but uh, I have an iPhone, and it has this awesome thing called screen time. And it, it, tells, it gives me every Sunday, every Sunday while I'm sitting in church, it tells me how much time I spent on my phone. Um, and my average screen time for this week uh, was four hours a day. That's roughly, uh, I heard that. Uh-uh, check your screen time. I bet, I bet it's close. <laughs> I bet it's close, okay? Uh, but that's roughly 28 hours a week. That's roughly 28 hours a week. That's over a day a week that I spend on my phone. And that's on a good week, okay? Some, some weeks I'm like seven hours a day, you know? So, uh, I was watching TV more this week, I guess, because I don't know. But and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure I could say, you know, well, some of that's the Bible app. But if I'm being honest, most of it's not. Okay, most of it's not the Bible app. Okay, most of it's uh, Snapchat and Instagram. Um, so it's not the Bible app. But but it's really easy for us to worship things that entertain us. Um, and things that we think like benefit us. It's so easy to worship those things, but we can't let them things be what we worship. We can't let those things become our God. Uh, just because something benefits us in the moment doesn't mean we can allow it to be a God in our lives. I would say this, that anything that is praised higher than God in our life is sinful. Um, see, these people, these delegates, they allowed Herod to become their God. And because of that, they were sinning. They were sinning because they allowed this king, this politician, right, to become their god. So I would say this, don't let the things that benefit you in the moment get more praise than you give to God. Don't let your phone be your god. Don't worship The social media influencers that you follow. Don't prioritize your favorite TV show over God, the creator of the universe. Don't let Facebook be your savior. Don't let the music that you listen to influence you more than God's word. Don't let your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever, whatever you have, whatever season of your life you're in, um, become more important to you than God. Don't let your friends. Be your gods and make decisions for you. Um, don't let your job be the only thing that you care about it, and let it become your place of worship. Don't let the desire to have money overshadow the desire to love Jesus and to have Jesus. Don't let the beach be what you long for. Let the presence of Jesus be what you long for. Because we all do it, right? We all do it. We all get so focused on these worldly things. We all get so focused on these things. Um, and if we're not careful, we allow these things to become gods in our lives. We allow these things to get our worship. And when we do that. We're sinning. When these things become our God, it becomes sin. We are allowing something temporary. We're allowing something meaningless to become our source of worship. And, you know, those things aren't bad. You know, your phone is not a bad thing. I love my phone. I use my phone for so many awesome things. You know, liking a politician, whether while some people might disagree with you, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, You know, going to the beach obviously isn't a bad thing. Like, thank God for the beach, right? We love the beach. Um, But when it's valued higher than God, that's when it becomes a problem. It becomes sinful. Uh, What benefit, I would say this, what benefit do these things have for you after you die? Absolutely none because they don't have any real value like God, the creator of the universe does. So why do we let them be our God when there is a creator of the universe that already deserves every ounce of praise that we have to offer? And I'm saying that to myself okay? Like, I'm saying, be mindful of what I prioritize. Um, if it's greater than God, then I'm sinning, right? It's like, Donovan, you stupid idiot, stop prioritizing stranger things over the time you're spending with God. I know season four, volume two is really good. I know it's good, okay? And I, did I spend five hours watching two episodes yesterday? Yes, I did. But is that okay? Is that okay? You know, like, if, because I was watching that before I even thought about opening my Bible. It's like, I prioritized it more than God, you know? Be mindful of who the real God in your life is and who you're worshiping and what you're worshiping. Uh, Verse 23 says, instantly an angel of the Lord struck Herod with a sickness because he accepted the people's worship instead of giving the glory to God. So he was consumed with worms and died. So yeah, so Herod He accepts these people's worship, right? And he allows them to worship him. He enjoys that they're worshiping him. He accepts their worship. He allows himself to be their God. And instead of pointing them to God, instead of pointing them to the creator of the universe, instead he just soaks up all of that praise. He just takes all that praise in. Because, and because of that, an angel of the Lord comes to Herod, and he makes him sick. He strikes him with a sickness, and he's consumed with worms and dies. I don't know exactly what happened, but I believe that everything in the Bible is 100% true because it's the inspired word of God. And if if this if that's true, then this is crazy, okay? I mean, this king literally gets struck with a sickness and worms eat him from the inside out. Like, does anybody in here, because this, this is what it, gets me, it makes me think about. Does anybody in here watch horror movies? Okay, we got a few honest people. Okay, we got a few honest people. All right. Well, I do. Okay, confession time. I do. I watch horror movies. I'm sorry, um, but what it sounds like to me is when in a horror movie, um, and this is like every horror movie ever, but the monster, the ghost, whatever supernatural being the horror movie's about, um, there's always like you know, because the only character that matters in horror movies is the main character. Like you know, every character is gonna die except for the main character of the movie. Like you know highlights, you know, it's just how it happens, that's what it is, like, you know, you know, oh, this person's gonna live, Um but it's always, like, there's always that one character at the beginning of the movie that you're, like, you're, like, oh, great, the movie's starting out, well, they're dead, you know, this is, this is the first kill, um, and they always get, like, snatched by it, and the monster, like, shoves them in, like, I don't know, a closet, a toilet, a fridge, a litter box, I don't know, wherever, you know, wherever they want to put them, um, wherever, you know, because monsters do whatever they want, Um but, you know, but then, like, 15 minutes later in the movie, all of a sudden, you know, the closet opens and the body pops out and it's like a good jump scare. You're like, ah, you know, and, um, you know, all of a sudden though, it's what's so scary is that it's only been like 15 minutes, you know, they've been walking around the house 15 minutes, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. And then all of a sudden this body is like getting eaten by worms and maggots, you know, because horror horror movie logic 101, it doesn't have to make sense. It just has to make you cringe a little bit, okay? It just has to be kind of gross. Um, and that's kind of what I picture happening is like, You know, Herod is instantly being eaten alive. He's being eaten by these worms and maggots, and it's like a horror movie. They're, like, eating him, Um, and that's just the way that I picture it. But worms are disgusting, okay? Like, if you're one of those people that go out and look at the the dirt, and you dig for worms, and you hold them, stop, okay? Stop. Please. Okay, I get it. Okay, you like bugs. That's fine. That's fine. But stop, please. For my sanity, please stop. Um, But that's gross. Okay, worms are gross. Maggots are even worse. You know, maggots are even worse. Now, if you guys aren't picking up maggots, I can't help you. Okay, I can't help you. I'm sorry. Uh, But stop. Um, But what it sounds like is gross. Okay, it's atrocious. It's nasty. Um, And if if you saw this, I know if I saw this, I would throw up. Okay, if I saw someone being eaten a lot by worms, I'll throw up. And you you probably, probably throw up before you saw it because it would smell so bad. Um, but it's a crazy story to think about. It's a crazy moment to think about. But I would say it's not just crazy. It's kind of scary. Um, Herod, he was consumed by worms because he had allowed himself to be consumed by pride. That's what happened. These people, they were worshiping him and Herod liked it. He accepted that worship because it made him feel good about himself. He took He took all the credit away from God And he gave it all to himself. He took all of that credit. He took all of that praise. He took all of that worship. And his ego, it became so big. um, And because his ego became so big, his pride killed him. His pride was his death. And I would say this that if we're not careful, pride will consume us too. If we're not careful, we will be consumed by pride. Pride will eat us alive. And while, and while we like to think that it wouldn't, right? And we're not, and that's not us. And we're, and we're these super humble, you know, people, and we're so awesome. Let's be honest, we're all prideful people to an extent. We're humans. We all have pride. Um, I don't know about you, but like if I'm at the gym, okay, and someone gives me a compliment, even though I'm nowhere near cl- close to looking like Chris Bumstead or like Ronnie Coleman in his prime, or like Hulk Hogan when he was wrestling for the what WWCF or whatever. What's it called? You know, I don't know. That's, that's way before my time. I wasn't in my life. It was the WWE when I was born. Sorry. Uh, but uh, whatever, whenever he was wrestling, you know, I don't look anything like that. I know that but it's still pretty easy to get a little bit of an ego when someone gives you a compliment because it makes you feel good about yourself. And let's be for real. I know I'm a little stick and bone up here. Okay. I know that I'm not an idiot, um, but it's still easy for me to get prideful when someone compliments the way I look. It makes me feel good because I used to be, you know, I have, I have this thing. It's a, it's a disease. It's called former fat boy complex. Okay. Um, because I used to, I used to be a little chonker guys. I used to be a little chunk. So when people give me compliments, it feels good. I like It, it, boost my ego, and it's really easy for me to get prideful when someone compliments me on my physique. Uh, but maybe, maybe that's not you. Maybe that's not where you get prideful. But you get prideful somewhere. Uh, maybe we get prideful in the sense that we're the best at our job. Uh, maybe you work somewhere and you just think that everyone else is a bunch of like idiots and they're stupid and they don't know how to do their job. Maybe when I worked at when I worked at Dairy Queen, I felt that way every single day about this guy. Sorry, man, if you're watching this, I love you still. Uh, but I, I couldn't. That's, he's the reason I quit. You know because. I I was like, man, this guy does not know how to do his job. And I thought I was like Jesus Jr., you know, a Dairy Queen. I thought I was the best blizzard maker in the world. Uh, so it's easy to get prideful at our job because we think that we're the best, um, or maybe that we're the best just at a certain thing. I remember when I was in band um, back at Homestead, I, man, they sucked, okay? <laughs> at least in my mind. And I was like, I, I had to get surgery my eighth grade year, and, and, I was, and my, like I came back, and my music teacher was like, can you play? And I was literally in a cast, and I was like, I guess I'm just that good, you know? Like, I guess I'm just top line. I'm that, they're that desperate for me. Um, So, you know, it's really easy to get prideful about things um, that we think that we're good at, even though I know that I'm, like, suck at Trumpet. Okay, I know that. Uh, You should, like, watch, like, actual people, like, on YouTube, they're actually good. Um, But uh, it's really easy to get prideful about things that we think that we're good at. And we have to be careful, because if we aren't, our pride will kill us. Um, Now, if you're prideful... Um, and you're a prideful person, good news is you probably won't get consumed by worms like Herod. Um, it hasn't happened to me in my life yet. I'll, you know, I'll come back to you if it does. Um, but uh, good news is that probably won't happen. But here is what I've learned about the death that pride has and things about prideful people. The first thing I've learned is that no one wants to be around a prideful person. Um, I'd be willing to bet that when you talked about someone, you've never said this. Man. I just love how full of themselves they are. I love, I love that they think they're the best human to ever graze their beautiful little toes upon the grass of the earth. You know, I bet you've never said that. I bet you've never said that, or wow, they are so conceited, that is their best trait. That is the thing that I love about them most is how conceited they are and how they think that they are so perfect. You've probably never said that, and if you had, you know you you were being sarcastic. Okay, you know that you were saying that as an insult. You know, you weren't saying that because you actually felt that way because you don't like being around prideful people. People don't like being around prideful people because it's annoying. Can we say that? Can we just say that? Prideful people are annoying. Prideful people are rude uh, and they have no humility. And to be honest, people, uh, people don't like to spend time with people that are so caught up in themselves that nothing else matters. Here's the thing though. Uh, When we are full of pride and we're full of ourselves and our accomplishments are the only thing that matters and our ego is the size of a planet, guess what? We're annoying and we're rude uh, and no one wants to be around us. Uh, When, you know, when, when no one wants to be around you, here's what happens. It gets really lonely. Things get really lonely because no one's around you. Um, I don't know if you know this. um, I don't know, but, uh, You're probably, you know, you probably like it when people talk to you, you know. Uh, I, uh, I'm an introvert. I know it doesn't seem like it because I'm standing here talking to you guys, whatever. But I, uh, you know, you know, on Sundays and stuff, it's different because it's like, you know, this is my job. I love talking to you guys. Uh, But you know, like when I'm at Walmart. Um, if you see me, and you see me book it the other way, that's probably because I don't want to talk to anybody, okay? I'm sorry. It's not because I don't want to talk to you. It's just because I just don't want to talk to anybody. Or when someone, like, starts asking me a question at the checkout line, I'm like, yeah, I'll just go to self-checkout. It's fine. You know, I can do this myself. It's okay. Um, I probably don't even go uh, to the checkout line half the time. First off, because line's too long. But Second off, I don't want to talk to people, you know? Uh, when I'm at the gym, um, the last thing I want is someone to talk to me, okay? I'm just like, let me get in and let me get out. I don't want to talk to anybody. I, I just want to get back home and, you know, turn all the lights off and trap myself in the darkness of my house, you know? So, um, but what I have learned is that even though I'm an introvert, even though I don't like being around people, when you're not around people for so long, it gets lonely. It gets really lonely. Um, and even if, you know, and if it's because of your pride that no one wants to be around you and no one's paying time with you, um, sure, maybe your pride won't physically kill you, but it will mentally kill you. Mentally, your pride will tear you apart. It will leave you lonely. It will leave you hopeless. It will leave you feeling like you have nothing um, left and no one cares about you because that's what our pride does. It tears us apart. If it doesn't physically consume us like with worms, like Herod happened, it will mentally kill us. Here's the second thing I've learned about prideful people. Prideful people have harsh spirits. And here's what I mean. Uh, Prideful people, uh, they tend to belittle other people to compensate for their ego. Uh, prideful, people, uh, prideful people tend to judge people for their flaws to cover up their own flaws. Prideful people mock other people for their insecurities to make them feel better about their own insecurities. Uh, prideful people will find faults in other people to make up for their own faults. Prideful people are so defensive about themselves that when they can't do something, they attack the person that can Prideful people are so defensive that when they can do something, they attack people that can't do it because it makes them feel better about themselves. Prideful people take constructive criticism poorly and they attack the criticizer. Prideful people elevate themselves to a higher platform than anyone else. I mean, look at Herod right? He, he took all of their praise and all of their worship, and he, that's what he wanted, too. You know, he put on his royal clothes and prepared a speech to go out there and get this worship and to become their God. He elevated himself to a higher platform to feel superior to other people, and that's what prideful people do. Uh, I don't know if you were here last week, but if you were here last week, uh, Herod didn't like what James was doing, so he had him killed because of it. That's what prideful people do. Herod was full of pride, and it's easy for us to become a Herod, if we're not careful, it's easy for us to allow ourselves to highlight the things that we're good at um, and, then because of, and, and then highlight the things that other people are bad at because of our low self esteem and we mentally degrade other people because of it. It's super easy when we get prideful um, to do things like that. And the enemy uses that pride not only to minister death into people's lives, but also it like calluses our heart and it kills us slowly. So I would say this don't allow your pride to consume you. Um, I have to be careful. Uh, I have to be careful not to allow my pride to kill me slowly, because if I'm not careful, I know that it will. If I'm not careful, uh, I know that pride is like a bunch of worms with smacking their lips ready to eat me alive. I know that, and I know, I know that I'm not the most humble person in the world, you know? I know that I struggle with pride, and if you, if you don't know that you struggle with pride, you need to figure it out, because it will eat you alive if you're not careful, uh, moving on, though, Acts twelve twenty four it says, Meanwhile, the word of God continued to spread, and there were many new believers. Now, I think, uh, to me personally, I think that this is the coolest thing about this entire passage of Scripture. I mean, it says, Meanwhile, the word of God continued to spread, and there were many new believers. See, we... we uh, our focus gets shifted, right? Our focus gets shifted to this king, right? And he's taking advantage of his power. He's manipulating people and he's using all of that to get worship and to become other people's God because of his pride. And we see that. Um, but even even during all that manipulation, even in all that idolatry, even in every single bit of that, God never stopped moving. Like even though our focus has shifted on something else, right? Even though our focus has shifted on another part of what's happening with this king, God is still moving in the background. God is still changing eternities, even in the midst of corruption and saying God never stops working. Even when the focus is on the world, God is still changing eternities, and God is still changing the world to become a kingdom-following world. And I would say this, nothing can stop the word of God. Nothing. Absolutely nothing can stop God. God is greater than prideful people, Uh, And God overcomes every single obstacle in his way because in reality, they aren't obstacles to God. There's nothing for him to have to overcome because he is God, the creator of the universe. He could do whatever he wants. God is the creator of the universe. He's the ultimate power over anything in the entire world. Even when people are sinful, God is still perfect. Uh, Even when people are are a broken mess, God is still full of redemption and love and absolutely nothing, Nothing can stop God's word. Nothing can stop God's word from being spread. Uh, when I read the book of Acts, you know, I always think, wow, you know, that would be scary. That'd be really scary. Sharing the gospel, knowing that it's illegal. And it's not just like, you know, it's illegal and you're going to jail. It's like, it's illegal and they're going to cut your tongue off. They're going to cut your head off. You know, you're going to die um, for the most part. Knowing that I could die anymore, that's scary. And if we're honest, if we're all honest, let's be real, that's scary. And if we were opposed with that situation, we, a lot of us would probably be like, pfft. I'm not doing that. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to be a fisherman. You know, <laughs> that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to go fish, you know. Um, but it was so good. God's word is so powerful that the early church, it was worth dying for. It was worth losing their life for because they knew that there was nothing but gain when they die. There was nothing but good coming from their death. And nothing was going to stop them from telling the gospel to every single person that they could. Nothing. Absolutely nothing was going to stop them from sharing the gospel. So here's my question for you. What's stopping you? What is stopping you from allowing yourself to be a part of the unstoppable, because God's word can't be stopped, the unstoppable move of God and sharing his good news of redemption and salvation? What is stopping you from sharing the gospel that Jesus has? Uh, Is it comfort? Uh, because there is nothing about being a Christian that is supposed to be comfortable. It should be dangerous. There There is no verse in the Bible where it says, sit in your church chair, go to sermon, learn, and do nothing. There is no Bible verse like that. Everything the Bible talks about is going and doing something with your faith and showing your faith to other people. It's not supposed to be comfortable. It's supposed to be dangerous. And if we're being honest, in the United States of America, it is not that dangerous to tell someone about Jesus. What are they going to do? Call you a Jesus freak? whoop de doo you know? Well, sorry, cry about it, you know? It's not that big of a deal. It is not dangerous. You are not going to jail for telling someone about Jesus. We are not going to jail for telling someone about Jesus. We are not going to die for telling someone about Jesus unless you're trying to tell a drug dealer at a drug deal, okay? And maybe that was just a bad decision on your half, okay? Uh, but it is not that dangerous okay? It's not that dangerous. So what's stopping you? Because being a Christian isn't supposed to be comfortable. Is it fear? Is it fear? Are you afraid to step into something that is completely dependent on God that created the universe? Um, I don't know about you guys, but I like to be able to control like things, you know, and make sure that things work out the way that I want them to work out. Like if I know like I can do something, uh, it's like, it's like bills, okay? I hate bills. Amen, right? Everybody hates bills. Everybody hates bills. If you love bills, Sorry, you know, get out, I guess. But no one likes bills, okay, no one. It's, you're losing money for stuff, you know? Like, no one likes that. You know, I'd rather spend my money somewhere else, right? But uh, I, you know, when, I, when, we get, when we get paid, the first thing I want to do is pay my bills, pay our bills, so I know, I know that I'm not going to miss something. You know, I don't want to miss something because if I miss something, I'm going to be mad. You know, it's not going to be good. You know, the the power is going to go out. You know, so I want to be able to control every single aspect, right? Well, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe maybe you're afraid to follow Jesus because following Jesus is the exact opposite of that. Following Jesus is giving up every single bit of control that you have and giving it all to God. Well, I would just tell you this. You're not giving your control, that giving all the control to someone random. You're giving your control to God, the creator of the universe, maybe, just maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe, just maybe, God, the creator of the universe, knows a little bit more than we do. I know God, the creator of the universe, knows a little bit more than I do. You know, I'm not, I'm not the smartest person out there. You know, I'm not the, I'm not the brightest out there, okay? Um, but I know that even though I'm giving up complete control and giving all my dependence on God, it's gonna be fine because all my dependence is on God, the creator of the universe, I have nothing to worry about. Even when things look hard, even when things look scary, even when things look crazy, I'm not worried because I know that God has control in every single situation, that he is the creator of the universe and that he's got this. Is it pride? Um, Are you too focused on yourself that you're not focused on the creator of the universe? Um, I have to ask myself all the time what's stopping me um, because if I'm not careful, um, I'll get so focused on my life and I will completely disregard God and the purpose that he has called me to. I will completely disregard the amazing things that he wants to do for me. And what ends up happening is when I start trying to take control and I start, you know, going against God, I start making a lot of stupid decisions. Um, and if I would just stop and I would just follow God, everything would work out. Everything's going to be fine. So what? what is stopping you? What is stopping you from being used by God, because God, here's his reality. God is going to share his unstoppable word no matter what. Uh, We can be a part of that or we can't. It doesn't matter. God's still going to do it. Um, God doesn't need us. He doesn't need us. He wants us. He wants us to be a part of life and eternity changing things. Um, And he wants to do those things through us, but he doesn't have to. He can do it through anybody he wants to. He can do it through anybody that's obedient to him. Um, so whatever whatever it is stopping you, whatever stopping you, whatever is keeping you back and holding you back from following God and being obedient to Him, you need to find a way to like take a baseball bat and sling that thing out of the park, okay? Because it is wasting valuable time of your life, and and you'll look back and be like, man, why was I such an idiot? Why was I so stupid? Because that's how I look back. I look back on my life and I'm like, man, I was stupid, okay? I was dumb, and I'm not I'm not much smarter, but at least I'm following Jesus. But I was dumb making stupid decisions. So whatever is holding you back, find, just start following Jesus. Just start following him, be obedient to him, and allow him to use you to be a difference maker. Let me pray for you guys. Hey God, thank you so much. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for every single thing that you are doing in our lives, God. I just pray Um, I pray that you would just do incredible things. I pray that you would move in incredible ways. God, I thank you for this 4th of July weekend where we get to just, you know, it's gonna be an awesome weekend. Go to the lake, shoot fireworks, have a cookout, whatever. Stay at our house in the darkness of our room. I don't know, Um, but whatever it is, God, thank you for that. But also thank you for your word. Thank you for allowing us uh, to just stop and ask ourselves, what am I worshiping? Am I worshiping you or am I worshiping the things that benefit me and entertain me um, in the moment? And am I prideful? Am I so focused on myself that I'm completely missing out on you and praising you, God? And then just thank you for allowing us to be a part of an incredible move that we could never do by ourselves, that only you could do. I pray for people in here that don't know you because if we're being honest and we're being real, there are people that just don't have a relationship with you. And I pray that they would begin to see how much they need you and how awesome a life completely surrendered uh, to you is, God. I pray for your guidance and your wisdom in every single one of our lives. And I pray that you just allow us to have an incredible week this week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure and rate us and subscribe on iTunes.